Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Dais, a podcast about the stories taking place in and around El Paso County, Colorado. I'm your host, Scott Anderson, and today I am joined by Robert Bannister, the district engineer with Whitefield Water and Sanitation District. How are you doing today, Robert? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Scott? Doing good. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, before we get started today, I want to add that if listeners are interested in more stories about people doing good in and around El Paso County, or hearing from county leadership about local government priorities and how they operate, you can find additional episodes of this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, but to get into things, Robert, I was wondering if you could give some of your background prior to coming here to Whitefield Water District. Yeah, um, I uh, graduated from uh, Colorado State University in Pueblo, um, and uh, worked. Uh, I've worked in uh, water mostly since uh, about 2008. Um, and, uh, prior to coming here, I was a consultant up in Denver, um, for a, uh, for an engineering firm and then, uh, came, uh, came down here to Whitefield Water and Sanitation and in 2017 have been working here ever since. Great. And what did you learn from those other positions that has really served you well here at uh, Whitefield Water District? Well, I've, I've mostly worked in the water and wastewater, uh, industry as an engineer, and so uh, typically I was uh, a pipeline designer, but, um, you know, you'd get, uh, get knowledge in, in you know, uh, pump stations, um, wastewater collections, wastewater treatment, mm-hmm. um, those types of things. So um, everything that I've done basically since 2008 is, has kind of brought me uh, closer to being, you know, a, a district engineer for a water and wastewater utility. Awesome. And so can you share some of your role here at Whitefield Water District? You know, what is it you do here and what role does the water district itself play here in the community? Well, we provide uh, a water and uh, wastewater services to uh, uh, the community here, uh, basically from the Fountain Creek uh, all the way out into Lorson Ranch and uh, mostly south of Fontaine and north of uh, Mesa Ridge Boulevard. Uh, myself at the at the uh, district, uh, as you said, I'm the district engineer. So um, basically, you know, uh, uh, check our specifications uh, to make sure contractors are installing things correctly. Um, work with our operators to make sure inspections are done on installations in the in the city, or not the city in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, uh, part of my job is for long term planning purposes. Um, to see how, you know, where we need to be future, you know, looking uh, 20, 30, 40 years down the road uh, to see where we are and what, what needs to be improved. And then uh, once we figure out the improvements, um, I'm usually the one that uh, works with the consulting engineers to get designs done and then uh, work with contractors to get the projects built and constructed. Oh, very good. So approximately how many people does uh, Whitefield Water District serve and what communities do you serve? I, I know you mentioned uh, south of Fontaine and north of Mesa Ridge, uh, but uh, are there any specific communities within that region? Yeah, we serve um, we serve the old part uh, down on the Southmore area um, through the ABC streets um, up towards uh, the Powers Corridor. Okay. Um, and then from there, we, we serve uh, the Glen, which is a large community uh, down here, Lorson Ranch, um, trails at Aspen Ridge, and then uh, uh, the Mesa Ridge 
community, and then we're looking at a new community uh, kind of farther northeast, uh, which is called uh, Rolling, Rolling Hills Ranch. Oh, okay. And approximately how many homes does that serve? Uh, currently, it's it's about ten thousand homes. Okay. About uh, pop, we we calculate a population of about thirty thousand people. Oh, very good. And so, when you ha- you mentioned Rolling Hills Ranch being a newer community that's going to be coming a part of the Widefield Water District, how do you guys plan for new developments like that? And and how do you make sure that you can you know service them just as well as you're servicing your uh, current communities? Well, and that's uh, that's part of uh, <laughs> part of the long-term planning portion. Um, recently, we have uh, built a new uh, water storage tank, um, and that uh, is providing us to a new pressure zone uh, at the far northeast uh, section of our of our district. Um, we installed a new pump station there uh, in order to get water up there and back down. Mm-hmm. Um, along with that, we've been working on a project called the the, uh, the West to East project. Uh, most of our water we produce in the western part of our district uh, along the Fountain Creek. Um, so we produce water there. All of our growth is in the eastern portion of the district. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing this West to East project where we're upgrading everything to move water, more water from where we produce it to where it's needed in the, in the uh, east. Mm-hmm. And this also helps... Uh, helps the other community, the the western part of the community, by getting more better water quality coming through there. Okay. Yeah, very good. I want to get into talking about some of those projects now. And so uh, after submitting your grant request to the county, Widefield Water and Sanitation District was awarded $1.5 million of ARPA funding. Can you talk specifically about what that money has gone to fund? Yeah, the grant money we requested for a project that we called the Booster 2 project. Um like I mentioned before, we have this west to east overall project that we're looking at. And what it does, like I said, it, it moves the water from where we produce it in the west to the east. Um, so we started off uh, probably in about 2012, 2013. We started what was called the lower west to east project, which was to upgrade our, our system to a new 24-inch uh, water main that could move additional water um, from the west and the lower west to east, we went from the the uh, treatment facilities in the west to our booster two station, which is kind of in the in the middle of this project. Um, so then, after we got that done, the next stage stage was to upgrade the booster station to be able to uh, to pump more water up mm-hmm. to our, our large storage area at what we call the tank farm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, additionally, with that, we needed to do the upper west to east project which would be another 24 inch pipe going from the booster two station up to the tank farm and then everything gravity feeds off of this tank farm so we we were trying to uh upgrade everything to get more water up to this this tank system and then of course out east and it also comes back to the west a little bit too Mm -hmm. Uh, so that booster two project that allows you to get the water out to all these different areas, you're expanding district uh, more easily, I guess, or more efficiently? More efficiently. More efficient, okay. Yeah, uh, the old pump station, we were stuck at kind of uh, 1,900 gallons per minute pumping out of that pump station. Um, this new pump station, we can go up to about 3,000 gallons per minute. Oh, wow, okay. Or more. Okay. So it, it really gives us a, a good boost of, of extra water. 
And like we said, the or like I said, the some of the problems was the pipe size because you can only push so much water through a through a pipe. So we sure. were trying to we were pushing water through a twelve inch pipe that was pretty old, and it runs through a lot of backyards in, in some of the neighborhoods. So we were kind of wanting to get out of that, mm-hmm. send it through a bigger pipe that can handle more more flow, and uh, get out of the backyards, get out of people's backyards because it's it's not fun trying to work in somebody's backyard yeah. when you're, <laughs> when you're uh, having a problem. So Yeah, no, no, I totally understand. So what does that increase in water flow do for your customers exactly? Well, it lets us, uh, mostly it lets us provide uh, additional growth out here. Okay. We were kind of st- stuck at a, you know, a certain level of growth with, with only being able to move a certain amount of water. We can, we can take like 5,500 gallons per minute out of the wide field aquifer over by the Fountain Creek, mm-hmm. but we were only able, able to move like close to 2,000. Oh, okay. So, sure. so this is being the ability to get all of that that we can produce mm-hmm. out into the system where, where it's needed. Very good. And is that project complete at this point or is there still some work to do? The Booster 2 project itself, we're kind of in the, the, uh, closing stages of of the project where we're in the final contract uh close out um one of the things probably that um that we had done when we got the grant was we had already designed bid and had already started construction on this project prior oh, okay. to getting the grant mm-hmm. so um you know as soon as we got the grant we spent it right away because we, <laughs> didn't, we didn't have to go through a design process and a and you know going through the permit process we had already done all that so it just basically came out and we were able to pay you know use that money to pay pay the bills that we had currently coming in yeah no that that sounds really great and it seems like some really good planning ahead of time i mean how when you're looking at projects that can take years in you know in the case of water districts i'm sure how do you I guess, plan for things like this where, you know, these grant opportunities come along and you think, oh, maybe we're not going to be able to get to this, you know, for four or five years. And then the grant shows up and, hey, actually we can get to this now. And like, how does that change plans, I guess, for the better? Well, we um, actually, I believe in 2019, I think it finished up in 2020 or 21, we had hired a consulting engineering firm to do a master plan for us. Mm-hmm. So they, during a master planning process, you really focus on, on a, a couple of different things. You know, what do you need in the next five years? What do you need in the next 10 years? Mm-hmm. What do you need in the next 30 years? What do you need in the next 50 years? Sure. So we had had that done, uh, you know, a few years before. And uh, during the, in the 10 year process, they actually give you, okay, you need to do this project in 2023. Mm-hmm. You need to do this project in 2025. You need to do this project. Well, they put it in there. We don't aren't quite following that as close <laughs> as we should. But um, you know, we do know that these projects need to be. You know, we put them on our on our schedule mm-hmm. for those years and budget for that uh, at the times coming up. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So I, I think, you know, when you mention water plus new development, uh, I think there's certainly a conversation that's happening right now. A lot of uh, people might think, you know, there's not enough water around for new development um, or, you know, we're, you know, not meeting uh, certain requirements or rule sets or anything like that. Uh, what, what would you say to 
you know, those people to, I guess, maybe ease their minds a little bit about new developments coming into the Widefield Water and Sanitation District area and how you guys are able to meet those needs. Yeah, so um, we and probably every other water district has a, a finite amount of water rights. Mm-hmm. And um, those basically don't change. Uh, you can buy them and sell them. They, they come up a little less frequent than they probably used to. <laughs> um, anyway, so like I mentioned before, we had done the master plan. And what we part of that master plan was we took all of our wa- water rights that we have and we allocated those to the different areas of developing properties. Okay. Also during a development of a project, there's a lot of studying going on about, you know, densities, um, what we can use. So they, they kind of take a certain amount of water. They say, you know, the, the developers will come in and say, okay, I want to have so many homes per acre. They're going to need this much water. And then I'm going to have, uh, commercial and it's going to need this much water we're guessing um, so there's a few things that happen in this um, we worked with one uh, developer and they had put in part of their area was going to be recreation so they were wanting to put baseball fields in there okay um, after these pieces had been sold off uh, one company came to us and said hey we want to put in warehouses in this area and we looked at it and we said well that was supposed to be baseball fields nobody allocated any water to it mm-hmm. so if you want to build this here you're going to have to bring us water so that would mean they purchase water and they give it to us basically okay um so that's um that's one way that that this happens so then so after the plan we had allocated all of this property so then i i told you about the rolling hills ranch right um so we allocated them a finite number of homes that they could put on this entire property. And uh, they came to us and they said, well, we want to put like one, one and a half times that many homes on this property. So we said, well, you, you need to bring us water right. to cover that, <laughs> that extra amount. Okay. So you typically when, um, when a developer comes to us, you know, we, we, we look at, you know, what water we have, what we can provide. Mm-hmm. And typically we're like, if you want to, this is what we can offer you. If you want to do more than that, then you need to provide something to us to, to help. Okay. They, they, to help do that. Yeah. Their job to sort of make up that difference between yeah. what yeah. was previously allocated and what the ask is for. Yeah. Okay. And how do, I mean, you, you say by water and me, I'm not the brightest light bulb out there when it comes to this sort of stuff. So how does uh, a developer buy water exactly? I mean, obviously it has to be a, a, uh, like a renewable amount of water. It's not like, okay, here's 50 gallons of water. We're good to go. Like how do they go about buying water to make sure they do meet the needs that you are requiring? Well, that's, that's kind of the, the tricky part is because there's not a lot of basically water out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the other item is, is it available for us to use? So um, we had actually purchased a water right up in Westcliff, um, but we found out we had no way to get that water from Westcliffs to Whitefield Water and Sanitation. Yeah, probably an important yeah. <laughs> point to have uh, settled. Huh? Yeah. So uh, you know, we we ended up selling that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, that's that's one of the things. Is is it, is it in an area where we can use it? Yeah. Um, how much is it? 
you know, and then there's, there's lots of legal items that go along with it. There's, of course, there's Colorado has what's, what's called the, uh, the water court and it strictly does water rights and allocating water. So you have to, you know, get this water, run it through the water court, mm-hmm. see how much uh, water you're going to actually get out of this at the end. Cause usually it, usually it'll come in and you're saying, Oh, you know, I get a thousand acre feet of, of water, run it through water court. And you're like, well, I only get 500 acre feet of water. <laughs> so, um, it's, it's a pretty complicated process. Um, I, uh, I'm kind of on the outskirts of it. Okay. But, uh, you know, I, I know enough, I guess, to be dangerous with it. But uh, um, that's uh, that's kind of the process is, you know, you, you find somebody who, who's willing to sell it, um, and then you've got to figure out how to get it into the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of our water rights are the, the wide-field aquifer, aquifer water, water rights, and we do have a lot of water rights on the Fountain Valley Ditch. Okay. Um, which that's mostly augmentation, so we get a pump water out of the aquifer and we dump water back into the to the creek so okay so moving on a little bit i know this area was affected by the pfos incident that happened a couple of years ago uh how is the widefield water and sanitation district making sure that uh, their customers are not affected by the fallout of that incident yeah so i i believe this is a little bit before i got to the district but um i believe we discovered um PFOS in the uh, Widefield Aquifer. And as soon as we discovered that, uh, we shut down all the pumps in the aquifer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have another water source that's uh, surface water treated that doesn't, usually surface water treated doesn't have any PFOS in it. So we survived off of uh, floating off of that, that source. So then in uh, 2017, uh, we finished construction of a PFOS mitigation facility that uh, pulls the PFOS out of the water. So since then, we've, we've not had a problem with that. And then uh, I believe in 2019, uh, the Air Force built us another mitigation facility so that we could um, mitigate PFOS in all the water we, we were able to pull from the Whitefield Aquifer. And so that kind of leads me into the next question. Can you talk about how collaboration with other organizations or companies or the Air Force in some cases uh, has really benefited the projects that you guys are working on here? Yeah, we've, um, we've developed a pretty good rapport with uh, several contractors in the front range uh, working through these projects. As you said, we, we've worked with the Air Force and the, the uh, Army Corps of Engineers uh, to, do, uh, to do some uh, facilities. And then we also... Um, we also work with, uh, security water. Um, we have a, a water right at the Venatucci farms okay. and that goes into their treatment system and then they provide our, our portion of it to us okay. uh, through interconnect. Um, we also work with the uh, city of fountain quite a bit. And then, uh, I do have a, another project where I'm working with uh, El Paso County to get some new roads installed in our district. Um, we put in that, I told you, we put in that 24 inch pipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we were getting ready to replace the roads. And we were like, these are really bad roads all the way. So we asked, we talked with uh, El Paso County about providing some money and we would um, go ahead and pay these roads, get them new road base and uh, get them up to El Paso County standards. Um, so that's uh, one item of collaboration that we're really hoping to be able to do. Yeah, <laughs> no, that, that's really good. And so 
why is it so important to have those close relationships? I mean, I think a lot of people can understand how, you know, you work together with someone a lot and, you know, you kind of build a, a shorthand with them and are able to work better with them. But why with these large organizations like El Paso County, like Army Corps of Engineers, um, is it so important to make sure that you guys have that rapport and uh, can work together on projects, you know, even going into the future? Well, especially with, um, with the Whitefield Water and Sanitation, um, you know, we're not a, a city entity. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're a special district. And so we, we work within City of Fountain and we work within El Paso County. And so being able to, to work with, you know, close entities like that, um, it just, you know, speeds up a process. Um, you know, nobody, nobody really likes to, you know, when, when you've got emergency situations, which, you know, water main breaks are emergency situations. Yeah. Uh, you know, you need to be able to, to do the work in a quick and efficient manner. So, you know, we, we usually, you know, collaborate with, with those entities, go ahead and do the work. And then we come back and, you know, get permits and Mm -hmm. pay for permits and cuts and, and all that stuff afterwards. Got it. Got it. Awesome. Well, uh, before we close out the conversation here, I was just wondering if there's anything else that you want to add that you think would be important for listeners to know about. No, I, I think it was, it was, uh, really nice to be able to get the grant from, from El Paso County. Um, they made it fairly easy and, and quick. Um, I know when we received the grant, um, we went to the presentation, we went to the presentation and, and there's, you know, a lot of good projects out there that a lot of other entities are doing and, and what other entities really need. Mm-hmm. Um, this one really helped us out, uh, money wise with, uh, doing this project, um, during during this project, I had two other pump stations going, and uh, the twenty four inch pipeline. So it was it was a busy time, and um, yeah, just uh, having the county help us out like that was was really nice. And glad to have it in the rearview mirror at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, thank you, Robert. I appreciate you uh, taking the time today and for uh, the work that you do here at uh, Whitefield Water and Sanitation District. So thanks for having me. All right, thank you, Scott. If you are interested in listening to additional episodes of Beyond the Dais, be sure to look for us on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.